This podcast is brought to you from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to episode 52 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and I'm joined today by the effervescent Mindy Carney. Hello, it's Nugget Day! <laughs> it is Nugget Day. Happy wow, that, National Nugget Day! That's a lot of energy for Nugget Day. <laughs> I know, I'm super excited. So about a year ago today, yeah. we did a recording in honor of yes. National Parentheses Chicken Parentheses Nugget <laughs> Day. <laughs> but we're going to call it National Tech Nugget Day? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess if you start Declared it... by us. Yeah, if you start it and you continue it, then it's, it's yeah, your day. And right? You can Second you. Annual National Tech Nugget Day. Wow, that's quite right? a mouthful. Well, I mean... Is that going to be our show title? Sure. Okay. All right. But we are going to start with news and follow-up first. Yeah, very quick news and yeah. follow-up. Um, yeah. And it's actually mainly follow-up. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share that I participated in a grid that oh. was using the new Flipgrid guest mode. Okay. So there is a teacher in Iowa mm-hmm. over on the west side of the state who posted an invitation for people to join their class discussion on immigrants. I saw this. I saw... Th- oh, yes, it was Tony Vincent, right? It was Tony Vincent. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I jumped on their uh, class discussion. They said yeah. they were doing a unit on immigrants and oh. the stories that people had on why they moved over and what it was like for them. Oh. So I went over there and I left a, a little short guest response. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So you had to put a code in, is that right, or not? I can't remember. How does the guest mode work? It was a guest link, oh, yes. Oh, I see, okay. Straight on there, basically. So nice. It was fun, and I've since had a reply from a student called oh. Ali B, uh-huh. but I've not been able to watch it yet because uh, I think it needs approval from oh. the teacher, sure. Mr. Vincent. Get on it, Tony. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so... Flipgrid guest mode. We were just talking about it, and then it just popped up in my Twitter feed. So nice. Tony's jumping straight on those new features. Good job, Tony. Of yeah. course. Fun. No surprise there. All right. So what else you got? I got a small bit of iPad, iPad, iPad? Pro, iPad Pro? Pro follow-up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. So when we talked about the <laughs> iPad Pro coming out the in the last episode, yeah. it was really pretty new, and nobody had really tested it out or tried anything with it. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading some articles and reviews and stuff and so this website here called Ars Technica um, they said the iPad Pro outperforms every MacBook Pro we've tested except for the most recent most powerful 15 inch MacBook Pros with the Intel Core i9s so generally speaking if you didn't buy a laptop from Apple this year this iPad Pro is more powerful than it that's pretty Impressive. It's kind of. Think about it. Yeah, I know. And so we were talking about how it's expensive and it costs a lot of money, but it's more powerful than most Apple laptops that have ever Mm. been produced. Yeah. So a different way of thinking about it. It is. It's really. And it's more mobile. And it is more mobile. Lighter. Yes. Yes. Can't do everything that a Mac can do, but for a lot of people, I could see it being. An interesting option as a laptop replacement. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Okay. And speaking of expensive Apple products, I was yeah. actually talking to a principal mm-hmm. at one of my school districts, and she was looking for a personal device, a MacBook Air at home. 
And oh, you were doing some personal consulting. Now. I was doing some personal. <laughs> <laughs> we were just discussing while yeah, we were waiting sure. for the meeting to start. Yeah, and uh, I forgot. I have told her that there is. And I don't know if any, everybody knows this or not, but there's an Apple K twelve education store. Right. So if you're a teacher or a student and you're buying Apple products, you can get discounts on mm-hmm. Apple products. Just as a like a personal computer, you can too. Yeah. Oh. You just say you have proof you that you are a K twelve <laughs> educator or a college and higher yeah. education person. And uh, so, for instance, you can get $50 off the latest iPad Pro. Oh, nice. So, there you go. There you go. Schools get discounts it's when they buy. It's a nugget on its own. It's kind it's of a, a nugget standalone nugget. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just warming us up for the... Yeah. It's a lukewarm nugget. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Um, so, I kind of have a lukewarm one, too, because uh, I tried this out today. But I think that we've talked about Jamboard. Do you remember when I made you play on the Jamboard app? With me, like, a couple... It was probably... I don't know how long it's been out. year? Two years ago? I remember remember playing with it because... um, Was it Lynn or Amber also had me playing with it recently? We all kind of... No, it was Corey. Oh, okay. So, Mm -hmm. what I thought was neat about it is it's like a collaborative whiteboard, right? But there's also, like, the whole, like, jam board, like, physical board that you can purchase for, like, $2,000 or something. It's like a smart board? Yes, it's like a smart board. And so we kind of wondered if it'd really go anywhere. Well, now Jamboard is available online. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And so um, I thought it was really cool as an app, but I went and checked it out today just online, and it's okay. (laughs) Wow. But I would say is that right now it has limited features, I think, because it's kind of brand new. Um, But if I would have had my touchscreen Chromebook. Yeah. It would have been great because, you know, you're drawing on it. So using my um, touchpad isn't fabulous, but it is available on Google Play and, of course, as an iOS app. Um, But, you know, what's really cool about it is that you can add stickies on it and you can share it. And it saves all of them kind of within Jamboard. So um, I don't know. It's kind of a neat thing. I can see it kind of going somewhere. But now that it's online, at least it's a little bit more accessible to other people. So... Although, like I said, it has some limited features as of right now. I think it's definitely worth, you know, taking a look at. Okay. So that's some interesting follow-up, too. I guess it makes sense. It's on the web and it's on mobile and it's on all those different places. That's a a Google thing to do. Yes. Yep. Um, I got some myth follow-up. Oh, you do? Well, I thought this would be an interesting just a little thing we didn't really talk about. It's kind of one of those EdTech myths, but it's it's kind of a myth that's not just EdTech. Oh, and that's the whole the old Mac versus PC thing. Oh yeah. And I've been thinking about this recently and especially this morning as well. Yeah. That there was this long held assumption that Macs are better than PCs. Yeah, I hear and that a lot. You do hear that a lot. Uh-huh, yeah. Cuz I have a Mac and so everybody who doesn't have a Mac is like, yeah. "Oh, I really wish I had a Mac." Exactly. Yeah. And so I wanted to squash that just a little bit, okay. but um I feel like when that happens people aren't comparing PCs or Windows PCs of the same value. Oh, okay. So when you mm-hmm. buy a MacBook laptop, you are going to have to spend at least $1,200. Yes. And if you are comparing your $500 Windows PC to right. a $1,200 MacBook, right. it's not really like... It's apples and oranges. Correct. Right. Yes, it's not a same comparison. Right. Okay, so I wanted to get that out of the way. I also wanted okay. to say, I mean, some people say Macs have less problems. They just, mm. nothing goes wrong with Macs. They're right. invincible, and that's not, not true, true. <laughs> as we know. <laughs> so you have Wi-Fi problems. I have Wi-Fi problems all the time. I feel like my Wi-Fi card is going out, though. 
I have inconsistent Wi-Fi problems. Some yeah. schools I go to, it doesn't work at all. And other schools, yeah. it is just fine. Yeah. Uh, Stacey and Beth have major battery problems. Yes. Um, there's people that have keyboard problems with the new MacBook Pros. Yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gina's always t- sounds like it's going to take off. Yes, the fans. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this morning, well, this was probably just my bad luck, but I frayed my power cord and right. it looks quite dangerous. Right. And we, like, I've only had my Mac for... About three years? Four. I guess. Yeah, four. Three or four years? I got years? it when I started and I've been here for four years. Okay. So not, but not a full four years. So it's no. only a three-year-old machine and yeah. it's, you know... And we're, I know we're, we're harder on these than we are, traditionally most people are, but mm-hmm. um, just want to let people know that uh, Macs are not bulletproof for sure. <laughs> yeah, because, right. And then there's a the whole Macs get, um, Macs don't get viruses. Yeah. Um, PCs do. Not true. Right? Which is not true. Yeah. There are yeah. Mac viruses out there. There's a, there's a lot less. Yeah. But, and I think part of that is, and I looked this up, Windows PCs are used, in, they have an 82% market share. I don't know what that means. It means 82% of all personal computers that are connected to the web are Windows computers. Oh, I see. Okay. And then Mac was mm-hmm. something like 12%. And then there was like Linux and other stuff that was like 4 and 2% and others that right. were... I don't know what other is. Oh, Chromebooks are, are going to be like oh, 3% or yeah. something. And okay. then... So if you are creating viruses and malware and you want to... <laughs> is this like a recommendation? Well, you know, if you were doing that and you're listening to this podcast, stop. stop. We don't want to... We don't want you as a listener. Yeah. But if you are going to do something like that, you would probably want to infect the most machines possible. So you're going to create it for Windows and not for Mac. Sure. Right. So that's my little two cents about Macs and PCs. Well, what I would say too about the reason that having a Mac is so nice is that for the most part, we all have Apple devices. So it's nice that everything syncs up. So we have an iPhone, we have iPads, we have, you know. Airdrop and airdrop, all, all of that, that stuff, stuff I would yep. miss. But when I hear people say, oh, I wish I had a Mac, I always am like, you know what? I could function very well in a Chromebook because most of my work is all online. There's sure. just like a few things I would miss, which I'm sure I've said on this podcast three million times. But I would miss airdrop a ton. Yeah. But there's workarounds for that. There is. You yeah. can email things to yourself yeah. and <laughs> old things that like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to the nuggets. Yes. Main course is nuggety, nuggety, nuggety National Tech Nugget Day proclaimed by Jonathan Wiley and Mindy Kearney. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want any part of this really. You don't? But, oh, sure. Come on. Okay. I'm I'll own a t-shirt. It. Yeah. Oh, a t-shirt? T-shirts. Yeah. We, with nuggets on them? <laughs> no. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> that would Maybe be not. a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's starting this I'll nugget start, extravaganza? I'll start with kind of a fun one. Santa Tracker. <laughs> okay. It's, it's tis the season, right? Well, we've not even had Thanksgiving yet. No, I understand that, but I'm trying to think of like the next podcast will come out. Like what? I mean, this one's mm-hmm. going to come out, and then the next one will come out. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, if you haven't ever checked out Santa Tracker, uh, even for your kids at home, and I understand, too, that this might not be something that all schools can use, just depending on how you, um, what holiday or winter holidays that you celebrate and things like that. There are always some regulations around that in some school districts. But So Google puts out this thing called Santa Tracker, um, and I actually went to look at it just the other day. You can hear it. It's got awesome music. 
So it has all these different um, activities that you can um, have students go and do. And it's kind of like an advent calendar of sorts. So it reveals a new part in the Santa Village um, every day. And I know last podcast we talked about like really thinking about what our students are doing with devices. This is one that I really feel like you could like put your kids on and there's like coding games in it. There's problem solving. The um, things that they've created on there are like great critical thinking activities and it's super fun. Like I can catch myself playing on it. It's super fun. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, So, and it's good on all devices. Um, It's not an app or anything. You would just go to Mm santatracker.google.com or you could just Google Santa Tracker and it's going to pop up. But you can use that website on your mobile device too and it works great. Awesome. Yeah. And it reveals a new one every day. Did I say that? I think I did. Yes. I get really excited about it. It's all locked down right now. You can't go in and play. You have to wait. Until until December December. 1. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my first nugget is news, a follow-up, and a nugget all in one. How about that? I'm going to lead with a big hitter here. All right. So in the past, we have talked about um, student response type of things like Flipgrid. Yeah. And there's another one, or there was another one, called Recap. Right. And Recap was similar to Flipgrid, but Recap is now dead. You're right. Um, Sorry to break it to you. Um, It's in the graveyard. Yes, it's in the graveyard. And um, basically, it got killed off by Flipgrid. Yeah. And they kind of said that as much in this blog post I'll link to. And they said that um, we tried it and we made some improvements, but Flipgrid just was a monster. And it took off like we had no expectations it would take off. And it was Mm -hmm. just impossible to compete with. Yeah. So they shuttered the doors on Recap. And they are replacing it. Well, not replacing it, but the company is branching out and doing a different app now called Synth. All right. And which is my nugget pick. Okay. So you get to there by going to gosynth.com. And it's okay. synth as in short for synthesize. Oh. And it's a podcasting type of app. It is. Yeah. So you know how I have a slight intrigue with uh, these types of things. In the uh, past, yeah. I have had some interest yeah. in exploring those. So it's kind of a hard one to describe. It's almost like an audio version of Flipgrid. Okay. Combined with, you know how like in an LMS you have like a discussion post where somebody would post a prompt yeah. and people would reply. Yes. It's kind of like doing that in audio format. Like you, Flipgrid? Kind of like Flipgrid. Like just the audio. Just the audio. Got Two, it. Okay. You get 256 seconds of audio or video sound bites that you can share mm-hmm. um, and listen back and forward with people. And it all threads up, kind of almost like a you can you can podcast it as well if you yeah. want to. Huh. So it's called Synth, and um, it is 100% free. It was created for education primarily, yeah. which I always think is a useful thing too. Yeah, right. Um, your completed synths can be embedded or shared with a link. You can keep them private if you want, sure. or you can make them public. Hmm. It could be an interesting way to do things like, I don't know, think of like a, a Twitter chat yeah. where you have a question and people reply. Yeah. You could do that in an audio format. Hmm. You could do it um, f- to get feedback on your PD at yeah. school. You could do it with kids just to, you know, a formative assessment type of thing, yeah. throw things out yeah. there. There's a mobile app and there's a web app. Oh, good. Yeah. And it's called Synth. It's interesting because I've heard um, 
periodically from teachers that students don't always love the video aspect of Flipgrid. Have you heard mm, this ever? Yes. That they're especially like middle schoolers, things around there um, in that age bracket kind of get uncomfortable about being on camera. Um, just, you know, because they're I probably still somewhat self-conscious and um, putting yourself out there in that way can be a little daunting, I suppose. So this would be a nice workaround for something like that. I mean, you can always put, of course, like a post-it note or something on your video for Flipgrid, but yes. something else to try. Mm, no, on. I was working with a teacher recently we were in some pd or meeting or something and we were doing a flip grid and she said i'll talk my answer but i don't want to be on camera yeah. so there was me just like looking at the camera while she stood next to me Here recording her answer and yeah. i'm like hmm. I felt like a ventriloquist dummy yeah. or something i should have just mouthed it and <laughs> that would have been awesome <laughs> lip sync it. that's funny good okay so synth check it out good okay so um this was a app that was a favorite of yours for a while right class kick yeah i like class did kick. you know that class kick is on the web now I did know that, yes. Yeah, so Gina and I were um, working on some blended learning stuff, and we're trying to find different things that uh, about formative assessment. And we both brought up Class Kick, or Gina did, one of us did, I don't know. And I said, yeah, but that's just an uh, iPad app, because originally it was. It did start yeah. off as an iPad app. And yep. so she happened to just Google it, because we didn't think it was a great one to share, because we don't have a lot of, um, it was for secondary, we don't have a lot of secondary schools using iPads. Um, you know, in a one-on-one environment or something like that. So she looked mm-hmm. it up, and there it was on the web, living life, doing its thing. Nice. Um, so if you haven't checked out Class Kick, what I think was really neat about it is that um, students can, like, virtually raise their hands, first of all, and ask for help from their peers. And so Gina and I kind of played with that. And she was able to, because I had raised my hand, she could go onto my screen and look at what I had done, and we could kind of chat on my screen, and she could offer advice like, hey, you might want to think about this, or remember when we did this, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I really liked a lot. Besides the fact that, once again, kind of like we talked about last podcast about teachers being able to see what students are doing on screens yes what's nice about nice Mm -hmm. what's nice about it Mm -hmm. what's nice about it is Mm -hmm. that you can um watch as students are working and provide immediate feedback as they're kind of um working on you know whatever problem you've given them yeah i I think you can enable like peer feedback yes you You have to enable it it doesn't yes so students can say hey i would like some help from someone else in the class and somebody else can come over and help them yeah so that's fun yeah i like it i think i think they put it on the web because of things like chromebooks yeah getting big traction yeah and there is i mean what her and i played with uh was obviously free but there is a um, paid version of class kick um, so you can enable some other things, but I thought it was pretty usable in the free version. Good, good. Okay. Um, I'm going to make this next one short, so you're going to be back with Mindy Carney before you know it. Don't worry, folks. <laughs> um, mine is a, a mobile app called Microsoft Office Lens, okay, which is available for iOS or Android. Okay. And... This is basically one of those mobile scanning type of apps, Mm -hmm. you know, where you could scan a piece of paper and turn it into a PDF or an image or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, which is great for that. And I know there's lots of those around there. That doesn't make it particularly unique. But I use this almost exclusively in one scenario, and that's when I'm at a conference or some kind of PD. And, you know, when you're sharing 
momentous things that important people say. You take a picture of their slides and you go, wow, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. But the slide can be far away. It can be like off on an angle and weird on an angle. Mm -hmm. And what Office Lens does is it looks for the outline of something square or rectangular. Yeah. And it finds it and it fixes it and flips it so that it is straight and head-on kind of image so Mm. that's why i like this um a lot so you'll go to conferences and things and you'll follow the hashtag and you'll see all these kind of like like the keystone effect you get on projectors where it's it's like tilted and far away uh office lens if you can get close enough to give it a good fighting chance of finding the corners of the slide it will find the corners of the slide correct all that distortion from the angle you're at Mm -hmm. and make it look like you're sitting right in front of the projector front row there you go. Okay. So office lens. Nice. Um, my next one is, and I don't know how to pronounce it. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go with Doggo. Oh. I or Dogo. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. I don't know. Um, it's called Dogo News. Is it an acronym? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's not nugget. my nugget. I'm not, this is not, I, it's a nugget. Okay. Dogo News. Dogo News, I think. So it is. Uh, articles, nonfiction articles for students to read, um, current events primarily, mm-hmm. and it has a built-in feature where it can be read to students. It's primarily for grades, I think, third through 10th grade is what it says. Um, but just another spot for students to go to read about, because it's hard, it's hard to find, especially current events that I think like your third graders can read, um, that are, you know, on their level or whatever. So I really like this one. Um, and I have a extra nugget that maybe you don't know that I learned from reading an article on Doggo Doggo News. Okay. Did you know that in... Ooh, I think it was Australia. Maybe New Zealand. I can't remember which. They're all the same, right? Mm, sure. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's like in the southern hemisphere somewhere. Um, that they have created a virtual teacher. Okay. Yes. So they created, I think his name is um, Victor, if that's correct. I should have pulled up the article probably, so I'm not just making this up as I go along. But Tell me about Victor. So they... Um, have created this computer program and he's actually like a real guy who is an ecologist i think and he is teaching students about like biohazards and biospheres and all of the bios which makes him a biologist maybe instead of a whatever anyway so what's interesting about it is that it interacts kind of with the camera so he can see that students the, the robot or the computer can see that the students are reacting to him. So, like, if they smile, he smiles back. Huh. If they ask a question, he answers it. It's all in AI. Sort so they of made like, this virtual AI teacher based yes, on this real, real person. person. Okay. So um, the video that I saw of it on um, the site, he shows up after the kids have, like, done a lesson with him and then he comes and he's like hey guys what's up and like some of them were like oh my gosh you're the guy you're the you're the ai guy um which was kind of interesting i thought so it's something that they're just trying out it's not like it's taking over schools or anything like that it was just um like this extra course that students could take if they were interested in it online so i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting and i learned that all from the site i 
will confess, I did click on a couple of those links yeah. uh, yesterday, and I was really impressed by the speech to text stuff. Yeah, it wasn't. And uh, that's really yeah. nice to have. And there's yeah. like, different voices you can choose from down there as so well if you in need the corner. Scottish accent. I don't know if there was one of those, oh. but maybe I could volunteer to be a voice for yeah. Dog O site. Yeah, right. Dog O News or Dogo News or Dogo News. Dogo, whatever we want to call it. So mm-hmm. um, just a couple of like nuts and bolts about it. You can create an account um, and then set up a class that is a paid feature. Um, but if you just go and visit the site itself, it's free from my understanding. Um, but yeah, so there you no. have it. Nice one, Mindy. Yeah, thanks. Can add that to our tween tribunes tween and all those tribune. other yeah. um, mm-hmm. newsy apps. Yeah. Good. Newsella. Yes. What else? That's it. That's okay. it. Keep going. That's all I know. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to move on and uh, ask Mindy to check her email uh, because I just sent her a link to my next what? nugget. Okay. Oh, yep, I see it. All right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my next nugget is a collaborative whiteboard Oh. called whiteboard.com. Now Without it's, the H. <laughs> yes. I thought you had a typo. <laughs> it's W-I-T-E All right. board.com. And you can start drawing anywhere here on mm-hmm. this board and share mm-hmm. it with other people. So it's a collaborative whiteboard. It works on all devices. Okay. And I can see Mindy is drawing on the screen here. Oh. Now, I want to give you a tip. Okay. That made me think, actually, this is really good. Yeah. If you hold down your space bar. What? Okay. Hold down your space bar. Yeah. Then just move your mouse around. Mm-hmm. What? You don't have to, like, you know how when you're drawing, you normally have to hold down the touchpad and, and click. Oh, I was doing that, too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's... Doesn't nice. that make it much easier, easier to draw? Yes. Doesn't it? So you hold down the space bar, yeah. and then you move your finger around the touchpad. It means you don't have to press and hold as you move around the touchpad. How did you come across that little tip? So that is in the uh, instructions oh, for the course. app. If Jeez. you go so into like the you. settings and you read how to use an app, then... Yeah, so you can switch it over to be a blackboard or a yeah. whiteboard. Okay. It has shape detection built in. Oh, I love that. So if you try and draw like a square, it will auto-complete it as a square. There we go. She's trying to circle here, folks. Mm-hmm. Look, oh, at, look that. at that. It's got auto-draw built in. That was good. Um, there is a history, a board history that will you can go back and look at. You can add text. You can change the color of your pen into mm-hmm. one of like I don't know. It looks like about eight colors here. Oh, it didn't. There's an that. undo arrow and yeah. there's um, an eraser. Nice. And we can enter our title for our board. And the nice thing about this is you don't need an account to yeah, log in for the right. site. You go to whiteboard.com, it automatically right. generates a random URL for you nice. and gives you a board. And then you can hit the share button and copy that and send it out to people. Oh, I like this better than Jamboard. Although I think Jamboard has an auto draw in it too. Right? It has less features than Jamboard, yeah. but you know, if you just want to quickly get up and running with something and yeah. people can use on any device without apps or yeah, anything right. like that. It's great for younger kids too. You don't have to worry about them signing into accounts and things like that. So Yeah. So Ooh. Winner, Another winner. short one, but I thought yeah. it'd be worth sharing. I've had that on my list for a while to oh, share, and it's never waiting for the right time. It's never quite made it on the show, yeah, but right. here we go. We're on there. Whiteboard.com. Okay. So my next nugget comes from our very own Gina Rogers. Uh, the other day we were, she I don't know what she was. Oh, she had a request. Someone was looking for like a random 
name generator. And so she came across this idea and created her own for all of us on the team Mm -hmm. using Google Slides. Yes. Yeah. So um, her idea was that you would, at the beginning of the school year, create a collaborative slide deck where everyone had editing rights and each student would create a slide that represented themselves with their name on it. Mm-hmm. Then if you're, um, if you use a random n- name generator to, I don't know, ask students to do errands or things like that, or maybe you choose three names at the beginning of class and say, hey, these three students, I'm going to come to you and a- ask questions today, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what she did then was, I think she published it to the web. Correct. Um, although, yes. So uh, then she hits play, or when she publishes it to the web, I should say, she sets the time. So when you publish it to the web, you get to choose how long before each slide between advances. each slide, right? So mm-hmm. she set it super, super low. Like zero point like zero point one or something like mm-hmm. that. So then, when she hits the play button on the published um, presentation, it zips through those names and those slides really, really fast. And then she hits the pause, and a name pops up. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little hack for those slides. It's kind of genius. Yeah. Is, yeah. So would pause be like the space bar or something? I don't know. How, or do you just? Um, I think you can hit do, P. Do the controllers? Yeah, I think you can left. hit P, but you can also hit the pause down in that little navigation dashboard, whatever, when you have it presented. And does it just loop automatically and go past mm-hmm. slide well, thirty and turn, back to slide one? You can one? turn that on you when you turn publish the loop it. On. So You're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, here in the United States, we just had the midterm elections. So we're going to spend the next 30 minutes of the podcast talking (laughs) politics. Oh, no. Please don't. (laughs) No. Okay. So I think we live in a very um, political nation right now. Right. Everybody has opinions, no matter what those opinions might be, but Mm -hmm. everybody has an opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's a website I've been uh, looking at sharing for a while, and a lot of you may have seen this before, but it's called allsides.com. Yep. And it probably fits in with Dogo News in terms of that um, news for, for students. But the uh, the whole premise of this, I mean, there are a catch line at the top here is don't be fooled by media bias and fake news is you can see a, a story that's in the news and then they will give you maybe four or five different sources for it. And one will be what is traditionally left of center, one will be right of center mm-hmm. and one will be like in the middle try to be balanced right. uh, view so depending on different news sources so you might get some from fox news you might get some from the washington times you might get some from the guardian you may get some from the bbc right you may get some from axios and all kinds of different places so if you want your kids to think critically about given stories in the news and how they're being represented by different people and what mm-hmm. different people think about that i think this is kind of an interesting website to look at yeah you know what uh that made me think of too is how interesting it is to have students read both the left and right side and then find a way that those two sides could compromise because that's Mm. really what we read we're not talking politics but that's really what we need right is being able to understand both extreme sides of something and then find some sort of middle ground and that's where we yeah live because a lot of the time i think this this the way things stories are reported is not necessarily i mean we talk about fake news a lot i mean i don't think there's a lot necessarily a lot of fake stuff sometimes it's just emphasis is different yeah 
depending on who's reporting mm -hmm. the topic. Right. One person. Yeah. 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 So media bias and things like that. So it's called allsides.com oh, where like you can have a collection of different political takes on the news that matters. It's mm -hmm. good. Uh, so yesterday I was finally digging through all of my ISD notes. It's oh. only six <laughs> months late. I thought we did that in a podcast. I think we did too, but then I came across um, some of those things in my Tech Nugget Keep Note. And anyway, which made me go down this rabbit hole with HyperDocs. And I'll have to be completely honest, like when I first started hearing about HyperDocs, I kind of rolled my eyes because I thought this is no different than like the old WebQuest, right? Where mm -hmm. you you know, share all of these links that you want students to check out. But um, I feel like HyperDocs are, I maybe didn't understand what HyperDocs were or wasn't seeing how they were being used because um, this summer I went to, and I'm going to try a name here, Nadine Gilkisson, I think is how she says her last name. Um, and you can find her stuff at fttechtips.com. But she is like taking HyperDocs to a whole new level. Um, and what I think is really important about HyperDocs is that it allows students to have some choice and you can differentiate inside um, those HyperDocs. And we've talked a lot with blended learning about playlists and things like that, about um, and how important it is for students to be able to choose kind of what they learn and how they learn it. Uh, so there are, then I kind of went down this rabbit hole of the hashtag Tease give tease. Have you seen this? I have not. No. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a, I don't know, the other side of teachers pay teachers. Okay. It's this movement of teachers give teachers. So that's what the hashtag stands for. And it's um, TS give TS. I could get behind the idea. Yeah. Um, and then they also have a Twitter handle, which is at tease give tease. And primarily what I'm seeing there are uh, hyperdocs that people have created around certain topics and things like that. But also, I think it's important if you're kind of looking into what a hyperdoc is or how to use it is that you go there and take something that someone has already used because they want you to take it and use it and make a copy of it and then edit it or use that template to kind of get a feel for how it would look. And during that time, I came across like these um, revision game boards for what I would imagine were like middle school, high school kids. And it was all of these things that you could do with your writing after you had finished it. And they were like good, solid things, like not busy work, but actually things that you could do with your um, writing and that were not just activities. They were things that were really going to improve the writing. So um that's a good it's a good little hashtag to kind of go in and just bop around in and see if you can find anything that you could use nice okay. so tease give tease yeah hashtag and handle both nice okay thank you yep um okay next one is not a new app but it's one of those apps oh, yeah. that i forgot about and i was recently reminded you forgot of about it? Oh, okay. well Hmm. There's millions of apps yeah. out there. <laughs> so um, this is one by Apple called Clips. Yep. Apple Clips. Yep. And I was reminded about it because my daughter is using it in oh, her class, in oh, her good. fifth grade class. Nice. So um, teacher got her using this uh, Apple Clips app, which is kind of like a, a light version of iMovie. Yeah. It's a very um, stripped down, 
easy to use way to record video, edit it and share it with other people. Mm-hmm. And it records them in like a kind of a square video format. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that, but yep. I don't really have any big problems with it. Oh, um, <laughs> so it kind of has your stamp of approval, but kind of. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking at the website here. Um, one of the things I like about it here is it does have those live titles mm-hmm. so that while you're recording and talking it does that live transcription right. kind of like the google slides closed caption thing mm-hmm. um, where you can have those appear underneath your your voice okay and i should have said that synth also does oh, captions for does? the audio Jeez. Yeah. only really? uh, i know okay. okay so um you can it, it's really social media friendly you mm-hmm. can do a lot of um, things like add filters you can add animated animojis they have colorful stickers from like disney and star wars and really? toy story and all that good stuff yeah I've been in there for a while um mm. if you have one of those uh newer ipad pros or yeah. one of those fancy yeah. iphone 10 things yeah. it, it will use like the the special camera on yeah. the front yeah. to do almost like a green screen type effect what? where it replaces the background with an animated background that mm. you have. So just really fun, interesting, easy to use. There is a yeah. lot of inbuilt um, templates and, you know, animation, text, yeah. graphics, all that good stuff that kids will just go crazy with mm. because... You know, when you're making these things and even like a Google slide deck or something, the kids will spend all day choosing themes and changing colors yeah. and choosing fonts and all that. Yeah. That is exactly what this was made for. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they get really to record themselves. Sure. They get to do all these overlays and graphics and fun stuff. So nice. my daughter was uh, doing, they were doing vocabulary words yeah. and they were recording themselves doing little skits oh, and okay. uh, yeah. introducing them, just like little short clips. And yeah. then they uploaded them to Google Drive and had them had a collection of all their vocabulary words in nice. a shared Google Drive folder that all the kids could Winning. go in and watch. There you go. Nice. Apple Clips. Okay. Free for iOS. Free for iOS. All right. So, Stacy Beamer. Never heard of her. <laughs> wanted us. We talked about it being National Nugget Day today. And so, she suggested that we share the Google Doc URL tricks which I had previously mentioned about present, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you don't know these, these are, I think, a pretty powerful little tip and trick that you might not ever come across unless someone tells you that it exists. Exactly. So if you create a Google Doc or Google Slides, um, anything like that, what you can do is um, take a look up in the URL address of it and... If um, you're just kind of in the editing mode, there's the little word edit inside that URL. Right at the end somewhere, yeah. Right at the end. Towards the end, yeah. Towards the end, because there's still some junk after it, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. So you can replace that edit word with other words to make different things happen. Yes, you can. Okay, so that being said, if you take the word edit and put copy instead that's what happens if you've ever seen this someone shares that link with you and it will say instead of showing you the doc it'll say would you like to make a copy and you choose the make a copy yes okay you can also do this where you take out the edit word and you put preview instead and this i think is more polite to Mm -hmm. use because 
someone might look at that link and see it, see make a copy and make a copy and then be like, oh, I don't really want this. And then they have to go and like find it and delete it, right? But if you do a preview of it, it allows people to see actually what the, you know, slides are or the doc is before they choose to make a copy. Okay. Um, Oh, PDF one. If you do the PDF, it allows it. I, uh, this one I'm a little foggy on. Do you know? So you replace edit with PDF? Yeah, I saw um, Matt Miller did this in one of his blog posts. You replace it with PDF and it sends it to them as a PDF only. It creates that Google Doc and makes it into a PDF so they can download it. Okay. What other ones are there? Template. Template. That's the one Stacy was showing Talking me about, the other yeah. day. Yeah. So I feel like with template, though, you have to do something a little bit different. It's not just um, taking out edit. I think you have to do something else. Template slash preview, according to Mr. Vincent on here. Okay, yeah. So template slash preview. And then it's you get to see it, and it will also give you um, a button that says use the template, I think. Yes. Yeah. And so you can make a copy, the make a copy button or use the template. It's kind of the same thing. I don't know why. It, I don't know. But um, so you can see it and it gives you the option right in that same screen to make a copy of it, which is nice. Nice job. So you have a collection of these that Tony Vincent wrote up in a blog post? Yeah. So I found them More where Tony to had all of them listed out, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can share that in the show notes. Yes. Because it's one of those things that if somebody just tells you about it, you go, oh, that's neat. And then you'll forget it. Forget it. So you need to get them in your head or have like a little cheat sheet somewhere. Yeah. And that's what Tony put together, I think. Yep. That's nice. Okay. All right. I saved what I think is my best for last. You did? Oh, okay. All right. And, dear listener, it's going to be another uh, Mindy demonstration here. Oh, it is. I'm going to put you on. No, I did not. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot here again. Okay. And just bear in mind that when you try this experience... Um, you may not always be facing your microphone. Okay. So, um, you want me to move away from my microphone? What's happening? What I've got here so cryptic. is an app called Spotlight Stories. Okay. Which is available for iOS or Android. Okay. And you know, when virtual reality first came out, people were starting to think, how can we use virtual reality? Oh, and yeah. I think the first use case was video games. And after video games, um, you know, we had some like experience type things where you're in different worlds doing different yes, things. Right. And then, you know, people were starting to think, well, what if we did like a movie? Could yeah. we ever get to the stage where we did a movie or told a story in virtual reality? Mm-hmm. And for a while, the, I think the consensus was that's going to be really hard to do because right. how can you make sure that people are always looking where you want them to look when mm-hmm. you're telling the story? Yeah. And that's kind of where this app comes into play. It's a digital storytelling app where it's got all of these little shorts Mm -hmm. where um, people have created digital stories in a VR environment. And I'm going to give one to Mindy to try out here. I'm going to keep the sound down just so it's not too distracting on the podcast here. But the first one... You're telling a story and now I don't get to listen to the sound. Well, the sound is just music in the background. Um, The first one is called... Is the great one to start with. It's called Piggy. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So you chose this one for me? Yes. I like to eat? That is that what this is? Okay. No, that's not why. Oh, okay. But, And so I'll just, as Mindy oh. tries to experience it here, I'll, I'll explain a little bit of what goes on here. Um, you start the app. 
Now, some of these can be streamed. Some of them can be downloaded. But the ones I like best are the ones that can be streamed. And there's a pig. Yeah, and here he's, he comes. He's, he's jogging. Oh, he's tired, though. He is tired. tired. Yes. He's been jogging oh, for a while. Oh, yeah. And he runs around for a while. Yeah. And after he's been jogging around for a bit, he, he finds something. Oh, there he goes. Have you found what the pig has found yet? Oh, no. Oh, no. I okay. thought he was looking at me. Oh. Wait, All right. And so as he jogs around, you move your phone or your oh, iPad he around. Oh, chocolate cake. And he found a big chocolate cake. Oh, he's yes. <laughs> oh, he's coming back to the chocolate cake. Yep, he's just like me. You did choose this for a reason. He keeps running by it. Is it his motivation? Yeah, so he's running around in this chocolate cake and everywhere he goes, <laughs> you, you follow him with the oh, phone. I know. And he keeps running back to the chocolate cake as if he's trying to steal it. But then when you bring the phone back there, he's like, oh, you caught me. And then he's like, he pretends and he's like rubbing it down. Oh, like I'm kind of pushing his. Okay. Oh, oh, there he goes back. Now remember, we probably can't hear you very well. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, right. Facing the wrong way. Yes. So. So it's just. Stretching on the cake. Yes. (laughs) It's just a really fun. It is fun. Interesting little story. And I won't spoil the ending for anybody, but um, you just follow this pig around on his little journey. Journey as yeah. he's uh, he's working out. He's working out, and he's got this inner struggle where he yeah, wants to eat really the chocolate is. cake. But you know, this would really be great for. It makes me think. Um, I used to do a lot of silent movies when my students were learning about inferencing. Right. This would be really great for inferencing. Like, let's mm-hmm. talk about how does you know how is the piggy feeling right now? How do you know that he's feeling that way? Yes. Be good. Yeah. Yes. They're like little Pixar shorts. Yeah. And oh, there he is with the oh, cake. He's is he trying, doing it? Is he he's trying eat to it? sneak away with it. Oh. And but it's too heavy. Oh, nope. Geez. He saw you. Oh. So he's going to back on his jogging again. <laughs> That's great. I so, love that. Spotlight stories. There's about 10 yeah. or 12 of those in there. Google keeps adding more. They're not all like little animation ones. Some yeah. of them are really very detailed and very interesting. Some of them oh. are live, live action things. Oh, so cool. just different way of telling stories I yeah. think with virtual reality interesting hmm, that's fun google spotlight stories right. it's a free app okay so i have one last tech nugget and actually it's um going to come across a little bit self-promotional team promotional i should say you know in the digital yeah. storytelling world that we were just oh. in i think they call this foreshadowing oh foreshadowing okay because on our next, <laughs> next episode, episode. <laughs> all right so um we have, and I don't, I think we've talked about Corey before, but we have an, another new member to our team. Her name is Corey Rogers, and she has a computer science background. And so she has kind of taken over a lot of our computer science learning around the computer science standards and things like that. She's coming on the show next time. Uh, but I did want to point out because uh, Hour of Code is right around the corner, first week of December. So it's time to kind of be thinking about it, although. Don't just code during the hour of code week. Mm-hmm. Coding is for all the time. But she has created a new computer science page on our DLG WAA website. Um, if you are looking for hour of code resources, she has done an awesome job of creating different s'mores around different grade levels and going through all of the hour of code resources and then choosing um, different ones that she wanted to highlight. Some of them are unplugged and some of them are not, but it's a really great place to look. She's also doing 
uh, like uh, Hour of Code, not only signing up for Hour of Code through code.org, but also signing up for Hour of Code here at Grantwood AEA because you get swag from mm. us. I don't know if you knew that. If you uh, sign up for Hour of Code through Grantwood AEA. So we want you to sign up both places, but we want to kind of keep track and see what people are doing out there and how we can support them. So once again, that's on our dlgwaa.org website under... Ooh, help me out, learn, I think, and it's computer science. And there's a couple different places that you can click, but the place, those s'mores that I was talking about are actually under Hour of Code, and then you have to click on the green Learn More button. Very good. Yeah. That's so it. do you think we have paid sufficient homage? Homage? To the National Nuggets. I do think so. Okay. Now I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> It's like 9.45 in the morning, Mindy. <laughs> it's never too early for Chick-fil-A. I, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. So I think that will about round up this episode. Like uh, Mindy said, we are going to have Corey Rogers come on maybe around somewhere in the first week of December yep. for yep. Hour of Code yep. and talk about all that great stuff because those are always popular episodes and people are always looking for good ideas mm-hmm. and new things to do with that so Corey's gonna help she brings us out. a good good lens to that for sure great skill set yeah. looking forward to talking to her i am at team carney on twitter and jonathan is at jonathan wiley our team account is at dlgwaa and you can use our hashtag edtech takeout to tag the show if you prefer you can send us an email to podcast at gwaa.org so until next time this has been the edtech takeout we hope it hit the spot for more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.